welcome to Invest Like a Girl, the podcast dedicated to supporting women like you to invest time into your mindset, business, and creating your purpose-driven life to reach your financial freedom. You are meant for greatness. Let me be your cheerleader, whether you're starting a passion project or balls deep in investing in your journey of self-development. We have something for every boss bitch. I'm your host, Ellen Malaney. I am so excited to have Whitney Miller on the podcast. I've been following your journey for the last five years, from being a relationship coach to a co-host of your own podcast, True Sex and Wild Love, to now Whitney transitioning into country music and released her new single, Diamond Country. Welcome to Invest Like a Girl podcast, Whit. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so happy we're making this happen. And I know that it's like 1am for you. So you are a queen. And congratulations on your new single. Thank you. It feels surreal and, and exciting and crazy all at the same time. Like I just can't believe it's actually happening. <laughs> I was literally listening to it yesterday and my partner is in the US and he actually used to live in Nashville and I really want to go to Nashville so bad and see you live like it's it's gonna happen for me. Oh my gosh you have to it's such a fun town there's music everywhere like everyone here is so nice it's beautiful you come on and we will have a good old time I promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, girl. So I wanted to go back to when I first started getting into self-development. And from my heart, I just wanted to thank you for having the courage to share your open relationship with Aubrey Marcus. It made me discover things about myself that I didn't realize and I wasn't. I feel like people just aren't open like you guys were. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, what made you both decide to document your experience and what is the self-reflection on that relationship now? Yeah, I think that's a great, a great question because seem, it kind of came naturally to us to document it because both of us, I feel like, are people who push the boundaries. That's just who we are and probably one of the things that attracted us to each other in the first place. Um, And really going into that type of relationship, I didn't know how I was going to feel. I didn't know if that was something I wanted to do, something I was going to hate, anything like that. But there were no resources out there. And so, you know, Aubrey being himself and me being myself, it's like, well, let's put ourselves out on the front lines and document this because maybe this is a viable option as a relationship choice for a lot of people and they just don't have the you know, someone to look to for any sort of resources or advice or social proof that maybe this is something that they want to do. And I'm the type of person that's like, I want you to have whatever relationship or life or anything like you fill in the blank that you want to have. Um, and so I was just hoping by sharing our story that it would allow people to say, you know what, that's exactly what I want to do or hell no, that's not what I want to do. But at least they now have the idea. You have all of the options to be able to choose from. Mm -hmm. Um, and looking back, you know, there's definitely to be totally transparent. There's definitely times where I'm like, e, like we really put it out there, you know, and we didn't hold it back, which I do celebrate, but. I'm only human, you know, so a lot of the times I can get in my head about maybe I shouldn't have shared that or maybe I shared too much or maybe I I should have talked about it differently in this way. But really what people saw was a very authentic 
you know, open conversation and real life relationship unfolding in front of them. And I feel like there's so much stigma around open and polyamorous relationship. And even though, you know, you're in an open relationship, people aren't open to talking about it. Could you define the difference what between open and polyamory for you? Yeah, I think, you know, there's so many different definitions when it comes to relationships in general. Polyamory usually means that you have multiple relationships, multiple loves. Um, it's not just a sexual relationship with somebody else or even just, a you know, a friendship with somebody else or whatever. Um, and open is just kind of like the boundaries of your relationship are fluid and flexible and you're open for interpretation on what that looks like in my own mind. That's what it means. You talk to somebody else, they'll have a different um, definition of it. But for me, it was like we – the the normal societal monogamy structure at that point wasn't working for me and I wasn't working for him. And so we were able to kind of say, okay, well, these are our boundaries that we want to set for ourselves and see how that goes. I love it. I, <laughs> me and my NLP coach were so invested in you two that when you guys broke up, we like had to mourn for a minute. Oh, <laughs> I was like, it just, it just wasn't the same. Like, I was like, I miss you two together. And it was like, it was weird because, you know, I feel like when you guys you were so open and vulnerable that we kind of felt like we knew you both, but we didn't. Yeah, we got that. We got that because it was like, I mean, y'all really did know us, you know, it wasn't, yeah. y'all saw us grow up and go through all kinds of ups and downs. And so it was kind of like watching to a certain extent your friend go through a breakup publicly, <laughs> you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I loved your perspective on how you navigated through your inner work involved in maintaining your relationship with Aubrey. Mm -hmm. What are your three most resourceful tools to deepen your connection with your partner? Oh, that's really good. I think two come to mind just automatically, well, probably three. I would say therapy, like having mm -hmm. a therapist or a third party or a coach to talk to that has an unbiased opinion that can just give you a different perspective. I think so many people are a little bit afraid of therapy that if they go to a coach or a therapist that there's something wrong with their relationship when it's like, you can have a great relationship, but why don't you make it the best relationship? You know, mm -hmm. like, that I think that's just one of the top things to do. Um, and I think like really exploring, making sure that your sex life is, is where you want it and being okay with the things that you want to try and communicating um, the things that you want to try with your partner and, and, and reading books about it and watching videos about it and even hiring a coach for that maybe sometimes. And um, I, cause I think that's just such an important way to really connect and have intimacy within a relationship. And it's usually the first thing to go when there's a lot of conflict in the relationship and we'll all of a sudden say like, Oh, we're not attracted to our partner anymore. When, when really there may just be some other things that you've been hiding and withholding from your partner and not communicating. That's just shutting that off for you. Um, mm -hmm. and then self, self work, you know, it, self like development, um, self help. And that can be with therapy again, but you know, it could also just be sure making sure to take care of yourself. For me, I always had to travel alone. Like my alone time is really important, which is hard for some people in relationships because 
we want to be with each other all the time. And we're like, what's going to happen when they're not with us? Um, But I had to really like remain consistent and solid within that fact that I needed my alone time and I needed to be able to travel alone because it only makes me a better partner to him. Um, Or it could be psychedelics, you know, psychedelics, if that's something that you're, you know, drawn to or called to in a very safe container, that can really expand a relationship and deepen a relationship um, in so many ways. A hundred percent. And I actually, I want to touch on your experience with microdosing MDMA because I think that's really, I mean, in Australia, we know a lot about like ayahuasca through, you know, Joe Rogan and all the different avenues, but I think microdosing MDMA sounds new to me. And I'm just like, so curious on how that deepened your, your guys' relationship and also made you have that open kind of dialogue to be able to dive deeper. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, for us, it wasn't even really like a, a a micro dose. It was more so like a (laughs) flood dose because, um, we, we used it as a, you know, as a medicine in that way Mm -hmm. to allow ourselves to open up to the deeper conversations that maybe we were too afraid to have, um, without Mm -hmm. the serotonin in our brains, you know? Um, but it is a really beautiful way to, to just get out of your head. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a great way to not have so much ego or fear attached to the things that you want in a relationship or you want to express to your partner. Um, and then outside of that, you know, it really just allows you to be fully connected and intimate without anything blocking. And, and for us, it was, it was definitely a medicine and a tool, um, that we used. And I think it was really helpful for our relationship. I don't recommend it. I can't, you know, because it can't, it does have side effects and it can affect you negatively. Um, Mm. and so, but I do know that MDMA, you know, assisted psychotherapy is going to be legal here soon, which I'm so excited for. And and I think so many people are starting to get certified as therapists and facilitators for that. And I think we're going to see a really massive shift in how, um, even relationships, but mental illness and PTSD, um, is treated. It's incredible. It's why I'm so, I I like, it's really remarkable to see, because we used to host, um, maps, um, charity events and they do like the psychedelic studies for MDMA and psilocybin and iboga and ayahuasca and on all of that. Um, they're the ones that's pushing hard for the FDA to, uh, legalize, um, MDMA assisted psychotherapy and being able to hear people's stories of veterans who, who have had massive, massive, PTSD, go through a a few rounds of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy and have their life completely changed and no longer need to be on medication is just, it's really remarkable. Mm. It's so, it's incredible. Even when I went and did ayahuasca, the shaman was saying to me, he's like, I really don't want people just to come and do ayahuasca. That's not what it's all about. Like for me, I want to heal people. And Mm. the crazy stories that he would say, I was like, this is such a medicine. And I think people, um, you know, sometimes abuse that as well. So I think there's that polarity in any drug. For sure. Anything can Mm. become a poison. For sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. And when you, I I noticed you spoke a lot about kind of like the self-love and abandonment and shadow work you had to go through. What did that look like for you? Oh man, it came up in, in so many, 
in so many different ways for me. You know, being in that type of relationship is like you're in constant ceremony is what we called it because, you know, you wake up in the mornings and you're like sometimes like, well, let's see how this day goes because there are different people and different energies and different conversations. And, and really at the end of the day, it's, it's just highlighting all of your all of your fears and insecurities and jealousies and like any crack that you have in your armor, it will magnify that until you have to go through it. So for me, a lot of, I had a lot of competitive, um, tendencies with females. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of female friends because I was just always constantly competing against them and they were competing against me and it was just this whole thing. Um, I was super jealous. Um, I didn't trust people. And so really a lot of my shadow work was diving into that through this type of relationship. Um, the only, like literally the only way I could get through a lot of the situations in the relationship was to sit down and just feel it all and like not shy away from it because I'm the type of person who I grew up on a single father and in Texas where you don't really show emotion. Emotion does nothing for you. Right. And so we stuff it, we put it, we compartmentalize, we stick it over somewhere. We think we we're not going to see it when really it doesn't go anywhere. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so I had to do a lot of work surrounding, you know, inner child work. I had some sexual abuse when I was younger. And so making sure that I'm taking care of my inner child and, and she's welcome here and, and I support her now and we have that, you know, relationship there. Um, you know, psychedelics is another big one for me. I did quite a few ayahuasca ceremonies and, um, it was just all about not shying away from what I didn't want to see about myself is like really encompassing and bringing every part of me into my being now and being okay if I didn't like that. Yeah. I think that's so powerful because I think so many of us women are pushing different parts of us aside and we're not really seeing the full of like everyone has trauma, right? But I think it's so beautiful how you really showed up and was like, you know what? I'm going to face this head on. This is going to be probably the hardest. Like, do you look back and you're like, that was the fucking hardest time of my life? No question. Without a doubt. Right? (laughs) For like eight years too. (laughs) I just like take my fucking hat off to you and be like, you're a fucking boss bitch. I love you. And now you're a country music singer. Like what the hell? (laughs) it's so crazy like it is crazy to look back at my life and see kind of all the different trajectories that it's gone um but I really think like if I wouldn't have gone through that relationship if I wouldn't have gone through like the self-work if I wouldn't have really like became the woman that I am today and been okay with that and like supported her I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And this is the only thing that I've ever wanted to do my entire life. And so I push the boundaries and the edges in so many areas of my life when it comes to relationships or, or you know, fighting or, you know, podcasting, like anything that scared me a little bit, I'd be like, nope, I'm going to do it. But there yeah. was just one part of me singing that I wouldn't bring out. And so I feel like, and I'm using all of the lessons that I've even learned through the relationship, all of the lessons that I've learned about myself, the lessons that I learned through fighting or podcasting, I'm taking all of that into this one thing. And it's yeah. really just interesting to kind of watch the divine timing of it all. Yeah. It's so empowering to watch. Now I have to ask, are you currently dating or in a relationship? 
I'm not. I'm okay. not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there is someone for sure, but yeah. it's not like a 100% official type of deal. I I was in a relationship after Aubrey and it amazing, like such, such a healing person for me to be with. Um, mm. But when I came to Nashville, I had this, I just had this feeling that I had to be here on my own and yeah. I needed to come here and not have the influence of, of a male upon me. You know, I, I was with Aubrey for eight years, all through my twenties. And so it was only normal for me to make a lot of my decisions based off of him or our relationship. And a couple of years out of that, I'm still learning to do that. Um, and mm -hmm. I just had this voice that was like, you have to listen to this. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done was leaving that relationship and listening to this voice inside me. That's like, go girl, like go, go mm -hmm. on your own. You can do it on your own. You don't need a man right there to support you or give you comfort. Like this is going to be hard, but know that this is necessary for this entire journey. Yeah. And I listened to it. Um, and now he's kind of like coming back in the picture now that I've, you know, listened to myself. And it's now I feel like I can make that decision from a really like solid place. But right now my main focus is is music because I feel like I'm climbing Mount Everest <laughs> and I need to have a lot of my focus right there. But he's been nothing but supportive, which has been really nice. And do you like, is that a monogamous relationship? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you see that for yourself in the future? I do. Yeah, I do. I, I really love monogamy, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, Aubrey was the one that was more of the non-monogamous identifying person in our relationship. And I was more like, okay, I'll try it. I'll give it a go. You know, yeah. and I'm so glad that I did. But now it's like, I have so many other things going on in my life that the challenge in the energy at least that it takes from me to be in a non-monogamous relationship is just I don't have it and I don't want to do it <laughs> like I yeah. just can't do it you know and so to me it's like oh my god I don't have to have crazy long hour plus conversations about how this is going to go or what this is going to look like or who's going to be yeah. upset or when they're going to be upset and what we're going to do when they're upset and it's just like I don't have to do that it feels so nice to just be like normal <laughs> and I feel like you would have so much more energy like I feel like 100% in your 20s it's such an amazing experience and I think for a woman it's so liberating because most men are like yeah bring a chicken but like you're not allowed to fuck a guy right which was not no, how it was gonna go for me I was like okay you want a non-monogamous relationship you best believe I'm gonna go find me someone too <laughs> yeah 100% it's kind of like yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I actually have some tea for you. So when I was in America, I recorded a podcast coming out to being bisexual. And the day Ooh. that I recorded that, I actually met the most amazing guy, which is so funny. And I remember him listening to the podcast and being like, so what does that mean? And I was like, I don't really know what it means, but I just know that the next kind of like relationship that I get into, I want you know, my partner to be open to like bringing a woman into our relationship. And Ooh. so we've had these like deep discussions because I'm in my twenties and I'm just kind of like, he's in his thirties and he's like, yeah, I'm sweet with that. But like, you know, how does that look for you? And we're kind of discussing it, but I just kind of want your opinion. I feel like I've never like opened up and been this vulnerable and like loved a human this much in my life, but I still want to like dabble in the like 
bisexuality, what would yeah. be your advice for me? Mm-mm. I I mean, I'm I am encouraging of always kind of going for what you're called to do, you know? And if that's something like for you guys, it sounds like you have a great relationship. You've come out, you've talked about, you know, you being interested in in women and um is it something that you're interested in exploring with him? Is it something that you're not interested in exploring with him? I would get start to get a little bit more clear on what that looks like for you. Because in his yeah. mind, he's probably like, oh, that means this, this, and that. And it's, you know, she's going to yeah. leave me for a woman. And it's going to be this whole no, thing. Well, it's so funny because we've actually spoken about it. And I feel like I do, like, we do want to have a threesome together. He doesn't mind if I, like, go and, like you know, speak to other women or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I picture that happening. I'm like, yeah, I fucking love that. But then at the same time, I'm like, wait, I haven't actually loved a human like this before. So I don't know how I'm going to react at the same time. So it's like that. Yeah, I mean, you won't. That's that's yeah. the other side of the coin is like we can sit here and talk it through all day long. But right. until it happens, you really won't know. And that's the mm-hmm. same with like any sort of relationship, but particularly open relationships or anything like that. It's really like we can sit here and I can give you all the advice and like the books right. to read. And you're like, I'm ready. And then it happens and you're like, God, never mind. I didn't know anything. And it like everything just flies out the window. And yeah. so I think it's really about checking in with yourself a lot, knowing that you're not going to have all of the answers. You're going to tumble and fall every once in a while. But as long as it's like, okay, I learned from that. I'm going to keep that. Like I liked that. Or I learned from this and I'm not going to do that anymore. Like you're kind of going through this discovery, Mm -hmm. discovery phase, which can be really exciting, you know, but also I understand really scary for you and this, this new person in your life who, who sounds like amazing. But you know what it is at the same time? I kind of feel like because I am in my 20s, I'm just like, I don't want a vanilla relationship either. Like that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Then don't. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing is like, then don't. You get to figure it out. And if, if, if you have all of this time, like you said, in your 20s to go and do and explore and really like get to know yourself. I think this whole idea of, of time that we have, and like by the time you're 30, you know, if you're not married with kids, you're really screwed, you know, and it's like, no, that's not the case. I think spend your 20s getting to know yourself, going out there, understanding what makes you tick, understanding what doesn't make you tick. And then in your 30s, it's like, okay, yeah. like, what is it that I actually want? Let me start to actually figure this out. 20s is time to go discover and have a great time. You know, 30s is like, okay, now where do I want to put my time and attention? So fucking true. I love that. I'm excited for you. I like, I gotta, you gotta keep me updated on this pipe and hot tea. We're both gonna come to Nashville and see you live. Like, I'm getting my cowgirl boots on. Hell yes. We gotta dust those things off. (laughs) Right. So, I wanna fast forward into the world of Diamond Country. How the hell did this like whole journey navigate to here? Oh man, it's been a whole thing. Like, so it started when I was 10. (laughs) I always wanted to, I always wanted to sing. I was always singing and putting on shows for my family. And I was just that very like, kind of like crazy over the top, sometimes probably very annoying kid. Um, 
who just really wanted to perform. It was just like in me. And when I was 10, someone told me very close to me that I couldn't sing. And probably at that time when I was 10, like I probably couldn't sing, but I'm 10, like <laughs> let me live, yeah. you know? Um, and it's just so crazy looking back how certain instances, one comment like that can just stick with me forever. And um, it's exactly what it did. It completely shut me down. I stopped singing. I would never sing for anybody. It became almost like a phobia for me to like use my voice at all. Like if somebody caught me singing, it was just the most ter like terrifying thing for me ever. Mm. Um, but it was always something I wanted to do. And it became ayahuasca actually in one of my ceremonies, I was trying to like work through this. This is years ago. Um, I had this like big knot in my stomach and long story short, I was trying to get it out and trying to get it out and I could never get it out. And basically the, the story that I got from that or the vision that I got from that is if I keep stuffing this part of me, I'm going to make myself sick and die from some sort of either like physical um, manifestation of this fear in my belly because that's where it felt like um, mm -hmm. or maybe there's the stress of not allowing myself to live the truest form of who I am would eventually kill me um, and that next day I went into the sharing circle and sang in front of people for my first time and this was you know from the time I was 10 to my, I was probably 28 at that point mm -hmm. um, and it was like the biggest kind of opening initiation for me at that time, but I was still absolutely petrified, like just so scared. People would ask me to sing and I would just shut down and, and cry. And like, I couldn't do it. Aubrey would ask me all the time. Like he mm -hmm. posted a video. He's like, every Christmas I would ask Whitney to sing and I never, ever, ever would. I just couldn't do it. Um, and little did I know, like, I feel like when so many of us just constrict a part of us, like it, it bleeds over into other areas. Why was I not afraid to use my voice in the relationship and say I wanted something or didn't want something? Oh, because mm -hmm. I taught myself my entire life that it wasn't safe to actually say what I wanted or do wow. or anything. Um, and I was just allowing fear to run my life. And so I'd make decisions based off of fear, not based off of what I really wanted. And mm -hmm. all of these lessons started coming to me. And then finally, it was just like, Fuck it. I don't know if I can. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but you can. Fuck <laughs> okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I only have this one life. Like I can't, mm. I can't stop. I can't stop. And I was working with a vocal coach just to help me like move through that fear. Um, mm. And I got a call from my vocal coach. Was like, hey, can you come in and um, do come sing for us for this YouTube thing? And I was at that point where I was like, I'm just saying yes. Like, I'm not going to stop myself. I just have to trust that I'm going to say yes. Maybe something will come of it. Maybe something will, won't come of it. Maybe no one will see the video, which will be great, you know. But at least I, I said yes to myself. And I yeah. went in. And, like, the synchronicities after that just started unfolding in, like, really wild ways. Like, the owner of the studio just happened to be there. He was like, if you want to pursue this, I'm ha I want to help you. I'm not looking to take on any artist, but I would love to. Again, all I had to do is say yes. So that was like my my motto, you know, was like, just say yes, just say yes. Don't think about it, just say yes. And so I said yes. I said yes constantly after that um, and recorded a bunch of songs there and came to Nashville and knew I ended up having needed to be here and decided to move here and um 
started writing and was writing in Austin. And then, you know, this song Diamond Country was, I wrote with a girlfriend of mine, Penny Painter, who's actually here with me. Um, she, we started writing together and that song was really about like, just go out and, and be over the top and be yourself and not worry about it. And because it's not a, it's not a country song you hear today, at least on the radio, really at all. And it was kind of like a very different sound um, and a different message than what you hear in country as well. And so, of course, me being me, it was like, all right, yeah. let's push the edge. Let's push the boundary and put that song out. <laughs> and it's just been a really big journey in, in saying yes to myself and listening to myself and ultimately just allowing to live my life the way I want to without, you know, the fear of, of judgment. Um, and not really my main thing is I don't want to be on my best, my deathbed worrying like, shit, you really should have done that. You know, like you had all the time in the world, but you didn't, you didn't do it because you were too afraid of what people may potentially say about you. Mm. And so that's kind of been the, the process of, of music. And it's a, it's a ceremony Again, every single day that I wake up, I woke up this morning in total, complete doubt of myself. and was like, this is terrible. I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I doing this? And it's like, I have to use all of those same lessons that I learned through the relationship, through fighting, through podcasting to bring myself kind of out of that death spiral of doubt. <laughs> and I think that just like humanizes, like you, obviously this amazing new single is launched. And if you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. It's so fucking good. Yes, I, on Spotify. <laughs> on Spotify. I'm going to link it below, but I think that's so empowering because it's like, we all have that inner critic in our mind that is always telling us, you know, you're not good enough. Like, fuck, what are you doing? Like, you're going to get judged. But at the end of the day, like, as, as humans, we need to come together and be like, dude, we all get that. Let's move through it together. And I think hearing your whole fucking journey, it's so incredible. And it kind of gives me goosebumps in the sense that you've literally overcome your fear, your biggest fear and you're living your like dream life right now. Like it's, it's empowering. It's well, thank you. Thank you. It feels really like I needed that this morning. <laughs> so thank you for the reminder because it is like, I, I was talking to somebody this morning and I was like, you know, I woke up really sad. I woke up really doubting myself. I woke up comparing myself to other people who are releasing music and what type of music they have and how many streams they have. And it was just really taking me out of the fact that you dreamed for exactly what I'm doing right now. I dreamed about having a conversation about on a podcast or a show about my single that I just dropped. Like, holy, like you did it. You're doing it. You're living your dream. Yet here I am mm. so worried about, you know, what people are doing or what people are thinking or what other people are doing that don't even know me. And I don't even know them mm. and that it takes me out of really the, the true essence of what our life is, is, is to soak up as much as the experience that we're living as we possibly can. And it was just, so thank you for that reminder because <laughs> I'm going to need that through today. A hundred percent. And I think for, you know, I don't know too much about the music industry, but I assume that it's fucking hard and it's cutthroat. Oh my what God. has been the biggest challenge for you so far? I think myself has been yeah. the biggest challenge for me, you know, like 
again, I'm, I, people ask me like, what happens if no one likes your song or what happens if really people ask me that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I had like, I did like a Q and a, someone was like, what if, what if your song doesn't do anything for country music or what if you what if people what hate your song? What a negative question to ask. I know. I mean, people out there are ruthless, you know, <laughs> it's just like, but the other thing is, is like, because I went through the open relationship, I've heard it all at this point. I have yeah. way thicker skin. Like if I would have released this music when I was 22, I would be a, way more of a mess than I am right now because I I was able to deal with really, really, really terrible things said about me and my relationship. Now it's like, what if, what if people don't like your song? And it's like, well, people won't like my song, actually. Like I expect yeah. some people not to like my song and that's okay. But I also expect people to like my song and that's awesome too. And so it's, it also allows me to be like, okay, if people don't like my song, what does that mean? It means I just keep going because I'm not doing it necessarily for them. This whole journey has been for me to step into my own power and to step into who I am and live the life that I want to live. Not that other people say I need to live for myself. It's like who I want to really be. And oh. if I keep anchoring into that, then it then it's like, we're all Gucci here. We're good. You know, like we can yeah. get through this. Um, the moment I start wandering like I was this morning about other people, that's when I start to go down in my in my little like I call it the death spiral, yeah. <laughs> like death spiral of doubt. But it is very, very cutthroat. Um, you're at the end of the day, you're gambling. That's what I liken it to. You know, you throw the song out there. And if you hit sevens, you're a winner. But if you don't, then you don't. And most of the time you don't. You know, and it's just it's just pushing your, yourself forward as much as you can. It's it's crazy to hear because I feel like you're living you. And I think you've always done this. Like, I know I don't know you personally, but I feel like I do in your whole journey. You've always shown up and been your truest, authentic self, whatever that was at the time for you. And I think, amen, like you're not doing this aka to get famous or be you know get money it's like you're doing this to show up and live your truest authentic self and that was even the same with this podcast like I don't get paid to do this podcast I literally right. do it because I love fucking doing it whether one person listens or a hundred people live I don't give a fuck I'm literally doing it for me because I love like these conversations and just being authentic and showing people that you know you you've got your ass out in country boots with diamonds all over you yet you still wake up some days and you're like holy fuck what am I doing most people would be like she's the most confident girl in the world she wouldn't have a doubt but no you're fucking human I have doubts all the time I doubt myself more than I like pump myself up probably and it's probably something that you even you deal with with the podcast like I know when I had my podcast you know it's like oh maybe I should have done a different episode or maybe I should have done it this way or maybe I should have said this and it's like Girl, as long as you're enjoying it, like chase that fulfillment. So often we chase like the accolades and the, I need this or I need this award. I need this many listeners. I need this many downloads or streams when it's like, just chase whatever makes you feel good at the end of the day, because you're the one that has to go home with yourself. And when you're laying in bed at night, no one else is around. No one's there to applaud you and no one's there to hate you. How are you feeling then? That's the main thing. A hundred percent. Amen. Also, so what is, so Diamond Country's out. 
fucking hot ass video. I saw it. What's next? Like, what is coming up for Whitney Miller? Oh, so, um, yeah. So we have we had the behind, behind the scenes video drop, um, but we have the full music video that's gonna come out. It is insane. So much fun. We had I like one of the best nights of my life was doing that video. I just broke down completely in tears on the last shot. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done too. Like physically, mentally, emotionally. It was very, very, very intense. Um, but it came out so well. So that'll be out in a couple of weeks. You can get that on YouTube um, and all the other streaming services. But after that, you know, like even today, I'm going into the studio to work mm-hmm. on new songs that I've um, written and and are almost, you know, recording and just to make sure that they're where I want them to be. But I think, you know, through this through this next year, we'll kind of ride Diamond Country out and, and get that, you know, pushed as much as we possibly can. But then come the new year, if not before, um, I plan on releasing a new song every four weeks um, and just like putting it out as much as possible and, and not stopping, not slowing down. I say that now and I'm like, great idea, but talk to me like a couple months into that and I might have a <laughs> different tone because it takes so much to put a song out, but I'm I'm doing it. I, I'm so pumped on my new music. I think like, you know, Diamond Country is a part of me that I wanted people to see and come out in that way, but songwriting for me is a very deep, vulnerable, authentic um, version of me. So it's it's basically all the things that I haven't spoken out loud. I just put them into songs now. Um, and that's been very cathartic and like therapy to a certain extent. So expect yeah. some some very vulnerable and, and open songs in that way. I feel like that's so healing for you. Yeah, it really is. It's been mm. beyond healing. Like I didn't even realize how much of a process it would be for me and I'm I'm just so grateful that I've even opened myself up to that and I didn't even realize that that's one of the things that I wanted to do it was like no I want to be an artist and I want to be on stage and I want to dance and look cute and have the crowd cheer you know um yeah but songwriting has just been so much fun because it really takes me into parts of myself that I haven't either said out loud or I didn't even realize sometimes I I'll write something down and we're sitting in the room and I'll start to like connect the dots of like, oh shit, that's why I felt this way or that's where this is going or actually I really feel this way and I'm trying to, you know, distract myself from that. And so it is it is very much so like therapy. <laughs> You'll get the uh, yeah. inside scoop of what goes on in my head through these next songs. <laughs> And I, I think it's like, it's so beautiful to actually like think back of like when I first saw you and actually being like, I couldn't be where I am today without that journey. Wow. And I think anyone who's going through something and it's like right now I feel stuck or I feel like, you know, this is fucking hard. It's like you were doing that to get to the next level of vulnerability or, or your authentic self or alignment. So I think it's just like, Fucking kudos to you, girl, and do not let that inner critic get over your mind because, honestly, I'm so fucking grateful for you to jump on here and tell your story because it, it empowers so many people. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this has been this has been awesome. Just like you said, just, like, you're happy that I'm here, but, girl, this has been 
so good for me. I needed this today. Just like we all needed this, you know? So, I mean, that's the thing, right? We're all in this together. There's so much that we can all learn from each other as long as we're just putting ourselves out there and, and trusting that whatever's for us will, will show up. And so if anyone is currently over in America, which I know there is, you know, we love country music over there. I've yes. recently just gotten into it. I'm fucking obsessed. Where can we keep up to date with where you're going to be playing? Social media? Yeah, social media is a good one. Um, well, yeah, I would say social media is probably the best. I have a website, WhitneyMillerMusic.com. There's also some other early demos and and songs on there, too, from like the very first songs that I recorded in Austin that you guys can can check out. Um, and so we'll post that on there. And then, yeah, social media, at Wit in Love on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. They're all kind of the, mm. the same. And then check out Diamond Country on Spotify or Apple Music. And if you guys like it, let me know because it helps out so, so much to share it or post videos about it. There's like a fun choreographed dance in the middle of it that um, <laughs> was really fun to learn and very hard to do in heels. But we'll yes, put that I out. I need to learn this. I'm going to yes. do it for Yes, you can. I would love that. I know. <laughs> it's so fun. So Whitney, fun. Thank you so much. And I am going to come and see you live ASAP. Please do. I would absolutely love that. We'll, we'll get our boots on and go all, all around town. <laughs> yes. Thanks, girl. Thank you. I never take your ears for granted and I really do appreciate your support. If you liked this episode, please screenshot this and share it on Instagram or TikTok and tag us at investlikeagirl.io. Honestly, sharing this podcast out there means the world to me. Join our Facebook community if you're into supporting women in business and on their own journey to become financially free. I love you so much. Have the most amazing afternoon and I'll see you in the next episode.